This podcast is powered by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetric. There are things in my life that I haven't submitted to God's authority fully. And in that aspect, this pandemic is circumcising us to remove the ego, the control, because to let God really completely take over. Going back to the circumcision, it's important because that's what was said in the law of Moses. But this is just a copy and shadow. And the true meaning of circumcision is also important, the spiritual aspect and through the word of God we can remove the unnecessary things which are not pleasing to God and that's the true meaning of circumcision this is our covenant with God circumcision was a sign that you were part of God's family and that's why you were circumcised as a Jew the Gentiles were not the Romans were not so this was a particular practice among God's chosen people but in the New Testament Jesus then re-establishes this covenant by saying it is actually as what Harold was saying something that's more spiritual than physical. Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Narrow Door. Come on in. We are Ecumenical Podcast. What's so funny? My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And, uh, you know, yes, Ecumenical, we all come from different denominations, and we like to sit down and talk about different things from the viewpoints of our faith. Um, we have instructor Harold Resho, who is instructor at New Heaven and New Earth, okay. Shinchenji Church of Jesus. Hello. Brother J. Paul Hernandez is a lay preacher at the Feast, which is a Catholic prayer gathering. And Pastor Dennis C. is head pastor at Victory Greenhouse, and they are an evangelical church. Gentlemen, hello. I think we need to point out that Pastor Dennis and Brother J. Paul are sporting new haircuts. Is this like courtesy <laughs> of the wives? Yeah, no, it's because I was insecure with your headgear the other week. So I need to raise my headgear look. So, so. What? Oh I my god! <laughs> <laughs> I like I blanked out for like five seconds there because that was like a week ago. Yes, yes. I you know this is a much better look than my head wrap last time. Wow, your wives are getting really good at this. <laughs> this is amazing. So good. Okay, today's topic is, I guess, surprising is the word because, you know, if you recall, when this was first brought up on the show, I was violently against this. And here we are about to talk about it. But uh, before we get to that, I wanted to read an email for you guys. So we have a listener named Karen, and she wrote to us after listening to our marriage episode, the first part episode 15. And she is writing in to ask for some advice. And I don't know, I'm just a little tickled that we have people who are writing in to ask our panel here, you know, what should they do? How do they go about this? And I'm like, yay, let's do this. Okay. So Karen says, first of all, please allow me to express my gratitude to your podcast, giving me a better understanding of the Bible and Christianity in the convenience of just simply listening with the use of my phone. On your episode 15, What Does the Bible Tell Us About Marriage? You guys mentioned that through marriage, you reveal your or your spouse's true self, which I agree with because when I was married, my husband revealed his true self and it was a bad self. Dun, dun, dun. After seven years, my marriage ended in divorce. He is a foreigner. But since I'm Filipino, my record of marriage is still void because there is no divorce in the Philippines. Yes, we are, in fact, the only country in the world with no divorce, right? 
And I hear and read many say that the reason why there's no divorce in the Philippines is because Christianity is against it. The statement really makes me sad because I feel trapped in a marriage that does not exist. My foreign ex-husband already remarried and here I am trapped. I want to be enlightened and hear your thoughts about this, if this is even true. Disclaimer, please don't get me wrong. I am a strong believer of God. I go to both Catholic and Christian churches. Oh, she's ecumenical. But my question is, is there anything in the Bible that says anything about separation, divorce? How should we go about this? Very much hopeful for enlightenment. More power to all of you. Best regards, Karen. First of all, you know, if this sounded kind of legal advice, like she was asking for legal advice, but in the end, she goes biblical. And this is something that we touched on in the second part of our marriage episode, where we talk about divorce, annulment, and all of that. I'm assuming she listened to that. But yeah, we're not being asked for legal advice, and that's not our show. So having heard this, what would you like to tell Karen? Thank you, Karen, for writing in, by the way. Go, Attorney Harold. <laughs> you do kind of look like a lawyer today, <laughs> Dr. Harold. <laughs> but good. Uh, yeah, uh, personally, since I'm not yet married, so I can only talk about what the Bible says regarding divorce or separation, which we discuss in the part two of that marriage topic. But hearing um, his situation, uh, I feel like it's really difficult to be on her place right now. So all I can do is really pray to God that he will help you to go through this circumstance in your life. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Anyone wants to follow? I think um, first, in, well, as a pastor, well, sorry, as a pastor, if I'll counsel as a pastor first, I would go the practical route first of, you've got to consult a lawyer because uh, I think if your husband's married to another person legally, then you're not married to your husband already legally. So I think there's something there that's missing in the question. So it's kind of hard to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I, was, like, I was a little confused reading her email because she says that her marriage is now void. Yeah, which is what, which is what annulment does. But why does she feel trapped? I don't get this. Yeah. What, like, why? It's like for her, she can't remarry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the legal aspect. I'm not sure if that's even the legal aspect or a church aspect. It depends on what church you go to or what local church or church community you are in. I think pastors and ministers and priests have the, we have the legal right to deny somebody of, of marrying somebody. So if you feel like you're not yet ready, you're not espousing the, the values that we stand for, the biblical values that we believe in, then we have a right to refuse the marriage. So it's, you know, there's a lot of legalities that are into it. That's why it's hard to answer. But the biblical answer to that is at the end of the day, we want marriages to be restored. But if your husband has remarried, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. I, I don't know what to do with the situation. And I think a lot of our listeners are single. So this is a good example of what it means to make the right decision before entering into something this major and this big. And I think Sam would have her own podcast on, on love life and what to do about it. Thank you for rubbing it in. Yes, Brother J. Paul. <laughs> uh, I guess... You know, this is a very tricky situation. And I, I would really suggest you get plugged into a church. Um, for example, in, in the feast, I'm sure in Victory as well. Personally, we have journeyed with a few people um, who, have, who are going through annulment. 
and who have been annulled and who can't file annulment and some of them are successful some are not i remember we have one case where um the girl the, the the spouse in the states already filed for it and and the, the so they did not get married in church but so when the american fi- the us file of the legal case was brought here to the philippines they just had it was a fast track process because it was already done in the states but i'm not sure if that's the case as well so it's more than more than anything i feel it's a legal situation um and if it's a legal I think what people are afraid of, because if it's illegal, you, it has to appear in the newspapers. You have to write. You have to talk to each other. So that's the painful part. And you have to produce witnesses. Um, and that's a very, very, very challenging um, and painful um, experience. So I really suggest you go to a church that you, know, you feel safe, a community where, where people will really journey with you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, Karen, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I hope that listening to, you know, our friends here gives you some comfort. And, you know, I'm not married myself. And so I'm kind of with Instructor Harold on this. Thank you. It's a yeah, ray of hope there. Um, so for me also, like, I feel like I'm not in a position to advise you on any of this stuff. But it does um, bring light to how, yes, marriage is a serious affair. And you need to prepare for it and discern very, very well before you make that decision with somebody. We will be praying for you, Karen. Okay, here we go. Main event for today. Let's not call it an event on the show. We're talking about circumcision today. Okay, here's the thing. So this came up in a past episode. And it was Brother J. Paul, I think, who was like, we should talk about this. Because there is a spiritual meaning to circumcision. And I thought... Instant, my instant, you know, knee-jerk reaction was, I don't know. I don't know about this. However, as I was listening to our recording again, um, I thought, okay, but if it is in the Bible and there is a spiritual meaning and circumcision is something that is being practiced outside of the Christian community, but did it first appear in the Bible? And like, why? So, you know, many, many questions. I have many questions. A lot of them, not biblical. We're not going to go there. It's not that kind of show. Um, However, I think I also, you know, didn't know really how to prepare for this episode. I did not want to Google circumcision. I'm sure you understand. So let us just start with um, how does circumcision first make its appearance in the Bible? What was that about? I have a diorama here. So <laughs> if you're watching by just kidding. <laughs> uh, I think it's from um, Genesis. So God was saying that this is my covenant that every male um, from here on forward will be circumcised. So that has been a practice. And the only time the Jewish tradition in the Old Testament did not um, circumcise was when the they were the 40 years in Israel, in, in uh, 40 years going around, going to the promised land, because I was like imagining probably they didn't have tools in the desert. Mm-hmm. So the, um, those were the, those who were born in the wilderness. That's what the, the verse says. Um, it has been a, pract- a Jewish practice um, that I guess somehow 
um, as I was reading through it, I just can't find why. Because in the New Testament, you know, Jesus said and the apostles said, you know, you don't really need to do it if you're not a Jew, if you're a Gentile who became a Christian. So I guess it's just something that people practiced by tradition, but forgot really why we're doing it. Yeah. In terms of religiosity, okay? Right. Not, that, not the medical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anybody want to add to this? Attorney Harold? <laughs> it's official. You're Attorney Harold today. Go ahead. Okay. Yes. So uh, I agree with Brother J. Paul. We can find it in Genesis chapter 17. This is showing the circumcision is showing the covenant that God has with his chosen people. And in verse 14, it says that if they are not circumcised, they will be cut off from his family to become a chosen people of God. Well, either way, they're uh, cut off. I'm sorry. Figuratively and physically or literally. So, yes, um, but what they cut off is the unnecessary things, um, like what they do in the private part of the man. Yes. It's so visual. So, <laughs> I just can't not imagine. Guys, <laughs> can we be mature? Oh my gosh. Sam, okay. uh, yes. men, men don't mature, just FYI. We're just kids all our lives. <laughs> But yes, yes, but, yes. Yes. So that's a part of circumcision and uh, it's cutting away the unnecessary things. And um, earlier, Brother J. Paul mentioned about the tools. And the tools they actually used during that time is a flint knife. Um, flint knife is made of stone and that's what they use. And I think this is something that I can share to everyone because we understand the flint knife made of stone as a parable as well. But as a... <gasps> As a reminder, uh, <laughs> 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 another effort for, for the crowd. Okay, I'm all out of ideas. That's the last thing you're going to get. Okay, anyway. Anyway, um, yeah, so just a refresher for everyone. The parable is using one thing that has a similar characteristic of another thing. So physically... Um, this flint knife is used to cut off the unnecessary things, and that's the covenant that they have to keep with God. And then when we look at it at, uh, as a parable, the knife can also be like a sword because both of them have um, a sharp edge that can cut off something. And then the stone, which is the material used for the flint knife, um, means judgment. Because if we look in the Bible, when someone actually um, break the law, breaks the law, he will be stoned to death, which shows judgment. But both of these things um, actually means the word of God. Again, this is the word of God. If, if I can just explain further, remember in the episode about spiritual warfare, in Ephesians chapter 6, it says that the spirit of, no, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And when the word became flesh, which we know Jesus, this is Jesus, and Jesus in 1 Peter chapter 2 is being pertained to the living stone. Therefore, we can say that the stone is also the word. So how are we supposed to apply this spiritually? So the word of God should be used to cut off the unnecessary things that we have in our lives. And that is our proof of our covenant with God. So going back to the circumcision, 
it's important because that's what was said in the law of Moses. But this is just a copy and shadow. And the true meaning of circumcision is also important, the spiritual aspect. And through the word of God, we can remove the unnecessary things which are, uh, which are not pleasing to God. And that's the true meaning of circumcision. And this is our covenant with God. I'm going to need some time to like absorb all of that. But, but, but my question right now is like flint knife is a stone knife. Is that where flint stones come from? And so does that mean stone stone? When yeah, you say, do. <laughs> when you say flint stone, are you saying stone stone? <laughs> Whoa. Figuratively. Oh my gosh. Okay, that was okay. That was kind of a lot. But That's yeah, really I, painful. I know. I can like, just imagine. Right? Aren't you glad you weren't born during that time, you guys? Okay, Pastor D. Yeah, Pastor but D. the Flintstone I had was chewable. <laughs> <laughs> J-Ball, remember? <laughs> the vitamins, the, yeah. The vitamins, yeah. And yes. you would, you would eat more than one. <laughs> Not really good. Because it's so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so back to Old Testament. Uh, there was uh, circumcision was a sign that you were part of God's family. And that's why you were circumcised as a Jew. The Gentiles were not. The Romans were not. So this was a, partic- a particular practice among God's chosen people. But in the New Testament, Jesus then reestablishes this covenant by saying it is actually, as what Harold was saying, something that's more spiritual than, than physical. Because a lot of them were now taking pride that we're circumcised, they're not. We're God's chosen people, they're not. And their lifestyle was not that of a circumcised believer. They were, you know, they were worshiping idols, they were doing a lot of sin, but they were saying, hey, because I wear a Christian shirt, I'm a Christian. You know, because I'm circumcised, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm part of the family of God. And that's where Paul started preaching uh, straightforward on what circumcision is. And that's why there's a lot of circumcision talk in the New Testament because Paul had to address this certain issue that the Jewish people were taking pride on something that is external, but it has never really transformed them internally. Oh, okay. I, I really wonder how they, you know, just when they would talk before, I'm circumcised. How? Show me. I was just wondering. This Show me. The line of Show me. Anyway, I'll just shut up now. What? I just keep quiet. I'm sorry. Wait, who, who was involved in this conversation? What? Like, you know, imagine Christians. I'm, you know. Anyway. Oh, at that time. Like, if you would live yeah, during yeah. that time. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, and it could be more. They were more vulnerable, I think, at that time, J. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there was a clear distinction. It was openly talked about. We're oh. circumcised, you're not. Right? So it was oh. a man thing. Like, we're chosen, you're not. We're, we're God's people. Okay. Okay. Um, can we talk about this? Like, I, I think you mentioned the word shadow, which reminds me of something I heard in the past, where apparently in the Bible, there is a foreshadowing that happens. So what I heard is like the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of the New Testament. I'm not quite sure I understand what this means. What is that about? 
Okay, Go, yes, since... Nakita ko yung mukha mo eh. <laughs> Ay, sorry. Spoken <laughs> Filipino. <laughs> okay. Yes, that's fine. So, um, if we go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1, uh, we can see there that the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Um, but these are not the realities themselves. So, when we look at it, there are realities that are supposed to come and there is a law that is just a shadow. So we can look at it like this shadow or this law is just a prophecy and there will, uh, there will be a fulfillment for these promises. Actually, even when um, Moses wrought about this circumcision, because um, during that time, at the time of Abraham in Genesis chapter 17, Moses does not exist yet. But it was shown to him through vision by God. And that's why he's able to write this in the, um, in the law of Moses. And going back in the law of Moses, there are prophecies that are given by God. And he's supposed to fulfill it at the time of first coming. And that's why there was a spiritual circumcision that was made by Jesus through the word of God. Do you guys want to add anything to that? Yeah, uh, let me add Colossians 2. I think that, that, that might be the verse. Colossians 2.11 And in Him, in Christ, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So in, in there, in, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with Him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. When you were dead in your sin and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us of our transgression, having canceled out the certificate of death consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. That's why circumcision is so important because, uh, Sam, when we talk about circumcision in the New Testament, it talks about Christ's finished work at the cross. It talks about our victory as believers. He was saying, when you were uncircumcised in, in, in your life, when, there, when the flesh was running your life, you were dead in your sin. Somebody now, Jesus, who was a Jew, who was circumcised, had to die for you. And in his death, he has disarmed the powers and the rulers and the authorities. No demon, no evil principality has power over you because you have now been circumcised in the heart. God has removed the sin in your heart, the unwanted things in your life. Again, symbols that the scripture was using. And he made it through the cross, making a public display of his triumph over Satan. Right? So circumcision is not just taking off of the unwanted flesh spiritually, but it is also declaring Christ's victory over, over Satan's sin and death. Wow. Wow. It's deep, you know? It is. It is. So, you know, if I connect that to the shadowing, foreshadowing, in the Old Testament, God is telling us that really, ultimately, what He wants is for us to spiritually be circumcised of things that are not yes. of Him. Yes. yes. <gasps> Brother J. Paul, do you want to add anything? Whoa. 
uh, I just probably put it in during this pandemic. Uh, just the other day, I was recording for the podcast. I was interviewing one of my feast builder brothers, and you know, both of us have similar jobs, and and we were just sharing about just you know how how God has been working um, during this pandemic, and both of us shared. We realized that we thought we already trusted God so much. But during this pandemic, we were put into moments like, oh, wait, maybe I don't really trust God yet that much. I have, but there are things in my life that I haven't submitted to God's authority fully. And in, in that aspect, this pandemic is circumcising us to remove the ego, the control, because to let God really completely take over so uh, I guess that is more on a reflection of what my brothers are saying in our aspect today. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So I think we are now like fully moving on to the spiritual meaning of circumcision in the Bible. Um, do you guys have anything to add to that? So I, what I got is that, yes, in the Bible, you know, the physical act of circumcision is there as a foreshadowing of the actual circumcision that God wants of all of us. This isn't just about the men anymore. It's all of us if you're a believer. And I mean, we can relate to that. This life of faith is an elimination of so many things that we thought were important, but turns out they're not. And if anything, if they're getting in the way of our faith, then we need to get rid of that. Um, so that is the spiritual circumcision. Anything you want to add? Like what else do we see in the Bible? about? Well, I think circumcision talks also about identity. Hmm. If you look at the wars in, in the Old Testament, David and Goliath. Goliath was taunting the Israelites. And everybody you love afraid. this story. Your yes. book is based on this story, Giants for Breakfast. Giants for Breakfast. And I think one of the things that I mentioned in that book, which is, of course, from 1 Samuel 17, was... When David heard Goliath taunting the Israelites, he said, uh, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? How dare he defy the armies of the living God? Right? What David was saying, we're circumcised. Our identity is in, in God. We are the armies of the living God. This is the army of the uncircumcised Philistine. Why are we afraid? You know, the identity is so tied up. And that's why Paul had to preach this because... Many of them took it to an excess by saying, because I'm circumcised, I'm automatically a Christian. Like what could be translated today in our context might be, you know, I go to the feast, I'm Christian. I go to victory, I'm Christian. You know, my parents are Christians, therefore I'm a Christian. I listen to this podcast, therefore I'm Christian. But does it really translate to us being people of faith just because we do Christian things? Right, And sometimes we base our identity on those things. But then Christ was saying, no, no, no. You don't base it on religious things that you do. You base it on what I did for you on the cross. Amen. Right? So I think that's, that's one major lesson to take away from what Paul was preaching in the whole book of Romans. Because Romans 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 was talking about circumcision. He was, he was pounding the point of the gospel and how Christ has done it for us. It is finished. Christ shouted, it is finished. Why are you adding into it? Why do you think you need to be circumcised to be called a son of God or a ch child of God? Christ did it for you already. And so he was making that argument all throughout Romans. I think there was also, to add, sorry. Yeah, uh, please. Are you, are you going to say something? 
I am, but I can wait. Please go ahead. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I forgot. Almost forgot. <laughs> no, so yeah. um, no, they, they were they, there was an issue, early church issue during that time, and you can read it in the New Testament. Um, so there were people saying, "Hey, you need to be circumcised first before you become a Jew." Uh, sorry, before you become a Christian. So it's basically this is the logic: you become Jew first, and then you become Christian. So that was really the argument, and and so basically it was a power issue. It's that Gentiles should be Jew first. So it's like no, we. It's like we're better than you before then then let's become your christian but then god is saying everything is complete i think we always talk about it jesus completed everything when he died for us so it's 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 also that is also where we're coming from in the idea that the the christian church not just catholics but the christian church as a whole is the universal church that it's all embracing it's all inclusive that you don't need whatever process to be a follower of christ you just need to really hey lord um, at the at the core of it is Jesus. I wanna be more like you. How can I be more like you today than yesterday? And then slowly, you know, that's when you learn about the the baptism and whatever Christian part. Um, that's what I wanna say. <laughs> Wait. So, are you saying during the time of the New Testament, if you wanted, if you were a Gentile and you wanted to be Christian, you first had to circumcise yourself? There was an there was an issue. Some people were pushing it, but then the apostles. That's when the leadership came, and you know that's when when if correct me, brothers, if I'm wrong, I may have forgotten this. Uh, Paul was telling they were going to Paul, and then Paul said, "No, go to Peter because you know he's a, he's he's the one who will decide this." Some something like that. I forgot the the whole story. I think Instructor Harold wants to jump in. Um. I'm not sure if this is the same story, but in Acts chapter 15, if you would read the first part of that chapter, um, Paul and Barnabas heard about uh, some men who went to Antioch, and they were teaching that unless you are circumcised, you will not be saved. And Apostle Paul and Barnabas disputed about this. And the reason behind that is because they understand that the circumcision um, that's more important during that time is not the physical circumcision anymore, but the spiritual circumcision. Through the Word of God, if they understand it, then they will be uh, acceptable in the eyes of God. And, but interestingly, uh, if we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says that circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. But keeping God's command is what counts. So ultimately, Ooh, we un- <laughs> ultimately, we know that we have to keep God's command, but in order for us to do that, we have to understand and know it first. And that's why um, going back to the Word of God, understanding it, and then practicing it, and doing it according to God's how intended it for us to do it, um, it's really important for us to do it as believers of God. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, Paul offended so many Jewish people during his time. <laughs> Do tell. Ooh, juicy. Yeah. What happened? You know, he, he wanted haters, you know, with his preaching. Bashers. Was bashers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is bashers. Because to be Jew is to be circumcised. It's like, I'm a Jew. Don't even ask me. I'm circumcised. Right? And then Paul preaches in Romans. 
the Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better than an uncircumcised Gentile. Which, by the way, you don't put in one sentence. right? Hmm. But Paul would do that. And he says, and if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law but don't obey it. Very strong statement from Paul saying you don't obey God's law so it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Yeah. And that's what Harold was trying to say. That it's not because you are born of Jewish lineage that you're a Christian. Right? The same way not because my parents are Christians, I'm a Christian. Right? And, and Paul had to pound that in the book of Romans because it was um, a theological concept that he had to introduce to the Jewish community because they were holding on to their uh, identity as circumcised people. That's why we're people of faith. I think that's why you, you also see it. For example, somebody um, goes to, enters the faith and you know, they, I love God, I worship. They post so many things about church. But when you see them behind the scenes, they're still doing whatever old sin, their, their vices that they just can't let go. And, and, and I think that's it. For example, and, uh, it's really funny. For example, somebody comes from another church and they say, wow, the feast is so amazing. People are so loving and et cetera, et cetera. And then when they start serving, you know what? In our church is what we do. We should do it here. Like, why don't you come back there, go back to your old church if you want it that way? So, so it's like, I guess people, people sometimes have a hard time transforming their hearts completely. I'm not saying that we're, we're perfect, but you know, there's a reason why this, this community of love that we are part of, I'm part of, is, uh, is working. Oh, by the way, shout out. Two days ago, we just celebrated our 40 years the Light of Jesus family, the feast. Really Congratulations. Oh my, congratulations. Completion of the one generation in the Bible. So really grateful for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a milestone year. Yeah, biblically. Amazing. Congrats, Brother Bo and everyone at the feast. Um, Instructor Harold, did you want to add anything? Um, basically, um, Brother J. Paul mentioned about those people who are like, just they just stick to the old values or their old self, their old habits. And that's why this spiritual circumcision is very important because um, even in the Old Testament, God promised that he will circumcise our hearts. But the purpose of it is because we have to remove the unnecessary things from our heart because God would want us to love him with all our hearts. And Earlier, um, Pastor Dennis mentioned about Colossians chapter 2 that, yes, this is not about the um, circumcision used by human hands. That's why we see this um, being done spiritually. And there's already a warning um, in Jeremiah chapter 9 that says that, excuse me, that God will punish all those who are only circumcised in the flesh, meaning those who are only circumcised physically. And we know during the time of first coming, these are the Israelites, the chosen people of God, even the Pharisees and teachers of the law. Um, I'm not saying that it's bad that they are circumcised physically, but what I'm saying is that it's actually good because they're obeying what the law says. But when they became arrogant, when they became stiff-necked people, it's actually not pleasing to God because in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 16, it says that the circumcision is um, is made for us to be not stiff-necked anymore. And that's why 
again, this, this circumcision is part of the law. And when Jesus came, which I think Pastor Dennis mentioned a while ago, Jesus is the fulfillment of the promise of God. He came not to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill the law. And that's why when he came here in the world, um, he preached that repent for the kingdom of heaven is near because the people would have to repent during that time because they were stick to the old values. They just um, keep on looking in the, in the law of Moses. He already came as the fulfillment of the promise of God. And that's why um, those people who believe in Jesus, particularly the disciples, were circumcised with the flint, a uh, flint knife <laughs> or <stone>. this. <laughs> you were gonna <laughs> <laughs> yes, I meant the flint knife, and that's why they were able to remove the old things that they have, the things that are that are not unnecessary, uh, that are not necessary for God for them to be able to please Him, and they were renewed by what by the word of god that they have received from jesus even apostle paul i think we've mentioned about this a couple of times in our previous episode that he considered everything rubbish because uh he received this revelation from jesus the word words from jesus and that's why he himself said that every day every day i put off my old self and then put on Mm. my new self so if we are believers of god then we ought to be the people who are able to renew ourselves every day as well. And in the perspective of God, this will be the completion of the circumcision for every one of us, whether we are male or female, but the spiritual circumcision that um, God is uh, looking forward to. Holy foreskin. Okay. It's getting gloomy here. And foreshadow. <laughs> and foreshadowing. Let there be ring light. Okay. Namatay Shaw. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so wow, but wait, so my question, okay, I'm going to sort of like going to summarize, right? So we see circumcision in the Bible for the first time, and it was like this external practice. And as you guys mentioned, it was a, co- it was a sign of them being God's people. But then because this is a foreshadowing, when it came like New Testament time, what really mattered to God now was not like, anything physical, it was the spiritual circumcision of the heart that really mattered to God. And this is what we are all called to do. So now, you know, circumcision still being practiced, like it's not like, it's not a religious thing anymore. This is, yeah, this is just, okay, okay. So as believers, as we have mentioned, whether you are male or female, circumcision of the heart is what we need to strive for. Okay. How do we do this? Advice on how we do this, please. Okay, I'll start. Uh, best advice, and I think I call this my gospel awakening, reawakening. You know, when I'm a very legalistic, I've told you many times already how legalistic I am growing up, growing up in a Christian environment, having all the rules and the policies in a Christian school telling us what to do, what to wear, what not to wear, what's demonic, you know, all these things, right? I grew up that way. I've alienated so many people with that kind of lifestyle or belief. Paul writes in Galatians, chapter 1 down to chapter 5, telling us one main theme. The Gnostics were teaching something. They were saying the way to get saved is to be circumcised. The way to be a Christian is to do good works. 
The way to do Christians is follow rules and regulations. It's not that easy that only, all you need to do is accept the grace and the gift that God gives you. There must be something more. We need to add more to this faith. Galatians 5, Paul tries to land the debate and his argument. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you're counting on circumcision or good works or doing things for God to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching, here's how Paul ended it. If I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. No. Ah, fang no. Wow. Paul was furious in Galatians. He was mad in Galatians because people forgot the grace of God. People forgot, hey, it's Christ who did it for us. Why are we adding on to more stuff to find favor in God? Why all these teachings of good works and circumcision? These are the effects of our faith. This is not addition to save us from, from our sin. This is now the fruit of being having an encounter with Christ. So he brought people back to the very heart of the gospel, which is Christ did it for us. Christ died for us. It's not the circumcision. It's not the law. Or else we have to follow every law in the scripture and we will all fail. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, wow. He was such a powerful speaker. That's the why he? he's always in prison. Yep. Brother J. Paul, how, how do you suggest people um, go about spiritually circumcising their hearts as a believer today? Uh, just really, you know, late, this is something that I've been actually reflecting about a lot not circumcision but really you know just really embracing god's dominion you know dominion over my life it's it's really something that i've been just praying lord what are the areas in my heart that i haven't really fully surrendered and then when when i oh my gosh and <laughs> um but i think we can start with um when people think about the laws of church of, or being a Christian, per se, they think God is killjoy. But you know what? It's not it. We're just looking at the letter of the law. But these laws or rules have been put so that we will enjoy God's fullness. 
that we will live in his real abundance, not the world's abundance. So if you understand, I guess you have to see God. This is our next episode, just plugging for the listeners, that if you see God as an angry principal, you will see that all the rules will just be like, no, because he, God is boring. But if you start thinking that God is loving, kind, generous, father, then you'll see that his laws are meant to protect us because his love is just so tremendous that he wants us to be lavished completely in his love. That, you know, because sin will, you know, will separate us from God's love and all of those things. So that's why God doesn't want that to, to get there. So I guess you start with um, seeing the law by seeing the law in a different way by changing your image and mindset about our God. Yeah. And then you follow it and to enjoy his complete lavishness of love. Um, I just want to include something just, you know, hearing from Brother J. Paul right now reminded me of a recent video from Bishop Barron that I saw. I probably should make a Bishop Barron sign. Like that's my next thing probably. Uh, but he was talking about whether being good was enough. And I know, I know the term legalism comes up a lot on this show. And I understand that, you know, God is not asking us to, you know, do certain things in order for us to be good in the eyes of God. That's not it. But what Bishop Barron was talking about was even in the Bible, you know, when you look at, he was talking particularly about the book of Exodus. There are rituals there. There is liturgy. And are these things that God needs from us? No, God doesn't need anything from us. But these things are for us so that we may be aligned to God. Because without these things, without some sort of framework, and I'm, I think that it's, that's what religion is, when we leave it to ourselves to define what goodness is and strive for that goodness in our minds, we're all over the place. So we all have different standards of what being good is. And so... I think it comes from where you know people think it doesn't really matter what what religion, what faith I have, as long as I'm a good person, then I'm good with God. And I think as religious people, we're coming from a place of like, you know, you're you're it's a step forward, but it's not quite enough. And Bishop Barron ends this video with, you know, what is the short answer? It's not enough. No. Um, and I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, For, um, sorry, sorry, Instructor Hal. I know you're gonna say, you're next, but just want to add this. You know, this is very personal. Now, this is not the church's stand, but for me, you know, I'd rather you be a good evangelical than a bad Catholic. I'd rather you be a good, you know, a Baptist than a terrible Catholic. Yeah, of course, I love my Catholic faith, but I. It's more important that you have a relationship with God instead of living in you know, not understanding the, the rules or the laws of God so that you can really lavish and then live in abundance. So, so in, in, I don't know, just, this really triggers me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that word, lavish. I'm going to say that more often. I want to lavish all of you um, with the word of God in this podcast. Instructor Harold, yes. How do we circumcise our hearts today? 
Um, since we, I think we all agree that the circumcision is more of that spiritual aspect that we will be doing um, in our times right now. Um, I think a, a tip that I can give to everyone is once we, since we can achieve that through the word of God, once we receive the word of God, word of God we need to be like the Bereans. Actually, this is my life verse, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. The Bereans have a more noble character compared to to the Thessalonians because as they received the word with eagerness, they examined the scripture, the words that they received from Paul. And this is Paul already during that time, and yet they are still examining it because I think that's our one of our responsibilities as believers of God to be able to really check if it's according to the will of God, according to the Bible. And uh, at the end of the day, um, we are supposed to um, obey God and keep his command and be with him forever when, uh, when, when he fulfilled all his promises. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, our hope is that as we sit here and have these conversations, this uh, podcast will also help you in that process of circumcising your hearts because, I mean, I receive so much knowledge from these three guys as we talk Bible here during every episode. And so I thank you, gentlemen, for enlightening us on this topic of circumcision. We did it. We did it. Okay. Um, where do we find you? And yeah, tell us about your books. Tell us about your shows, Pastor D. Tell us everything that's going on with you. When I was young, no. Right. <laughs> you can find me at uh, Victory Green Hills. We have our Sunday services, 10 a.m., online service, 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., you can also follow me and act like a man philippines youtube ig and facebook mm -hmm. brother j paul when is your podcast coming out the j paul hernandez show uh two, podcast two weeks from now okay yeah we, we just forgot to meet yeah <laughs> i've been recording but we haven't really done production um so anyway yeah i'm gonna release a podcast here in podcast network asia thank you guys mm -hmm. um, and yeah so i, I Please continue. No, I just wanted to tell them, like, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. He has a great first episode. It is going to be amazing. Um, please, first guest is me. So, yeah. please <laughs> <laughs> It was a really great conversation. It was really two friends talking about life. It's uh, really... Yeah, guys, uh, bros, you, Sam was preaching in that episode. You should really listen to it. Oh. No. So okay. anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so um, I have a book. Uh, it's called Young Man's Manual. Sadly, we don't talk about circumcision there. So, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, yeah, just follow us at the Feast, Feast Green Hills. Yeah, Brother J. Paul and Pastor D, they both have books. Please look for them on Lazada. Instructor Harold. Uh, yes, uh, we still offer the free online education and you can email us at contact.nhnaph at gmail.com or you can send me a message and follow me in Facebook, Harry Resho, Instagram, Harold Resho, and uh, we'll get in touch with you. Alrighty. Thank you, gentlemen, again. And thank you for joining us today. If you guys want to get in touch with us, the Narrow Door Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. See you on the next episode. Bye.